Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. Very excited to be here on another Tuesday night edition of Spirit Talk Radio. And I'm excited about the show tonight. Um, And being October in the spirit of Halloween, tonight we have Douglas McMillan, who is a paranormal investigator. And I have so many many questions in, in terms of paranormal and ghosts. So I'm very excited to have him. And everybody, please welcome our guest, Douglas McMillan. Douglas, are you there? I am. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing so cool and so great and I'm so excited to have you here. So definitely welcome for participating in our program this evening. Our listeners are very thrilled to to hear you on the show. And so I'm just going to dig right in because I only have an hour. Um, <laughs> I have right, so many questions. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to do is I want to let you tell people about you, about what you do, your investigation group, and you know your passion for this process. And then I got my list of questions that I'm going to go through. Um, if you will uh, tolerate all my questions, because I have lots of them. I am ready to <laughs> answer everything you can ask me. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your, about who you are and what what you do and what your group is and and why you why you're here in in this in this path um, today. Sure, uh, my name is Douglas McMillan. As was mentioned earlier, I head the um, Paranormal Investigation Group, DM Paranormal. I started the group in an effort to learn a little bit more about the paranormal, contribute what I can to the field myself, and also to help anybody who's having issues with anything of a paranormal nature, everything from potential haunted houses to other spiritual issues that they have to, well, whatever else would fall into the spectrum of paranormal investigation. My team and I have been investigating as a unit since 2016, but I've been investigating for, oh, at least 10 years prior to that, with my first experience being when I was six years old back in 1982 or so. So, yeah, been in the paranormal for quite a while. Wow. You're a child of the 80s. I am. Awesome. I was born in 76, <laughs> my centennial baby. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, being a, being a medium, you know, I've been, um, you know, kind of engaged with the, with the paranormal um, um, category for, for some time. And now it's like the cool thing. You know, every 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 few years, some aspect of, of metaphysics and new age becomes the thing. And right now, paranormal investigation is like, what's up? And I always get people that ask me, how do you feel about paranormal investigation? Because I get there's the glitzy stuff that they have on television, and then there's the groups that are doing like real work. Right. Do you get the Do you get the same feeling about that? Because that's yeah, kind of how, where I where I see. I'd say there's definitely a performative or like a performance based aspect to it, which is what most people see on 
you know, TV shows and whatnot. And then there's, as you said, the people who are like at ground level, so to speak, actually going out there, helping people and, or, you know, doing their own um, experimentation and investigation to come up with, (laughs) to come with both new questions to ask and, you know, and ways to answer them. So I I like that. So when I, when I looked at the bio and I was preparing for the show, there's two things that stood out for me. One thing was what you just said, you know, wanting to help people. And then there's the side where you're wanting to learn more. So what is it that you're looking for when you say more to to research? What kind of research does your group do uh, when you go into investigations? And where's your focus or is is there no focus? You just kind of everything kind of plays as it goes. Well, we have certain um, base basic investigative techniques that we employ pretty much uh, in every investigation. But for example, I classify investigations into two categories. One is uh, like a known haunted place or alleged, allegedly haunted place, such as uh, we haven't been there yet, but Waverly Hill Sanatorium. We did an investigation of the Hinsdale House in upstate New York, which is supposed to be pretty haunted. I've heard about so, that one. So, yeah. So we have like our investigation techniques that we use in a place like that that's reputedly haunted that like, you know, any other investi- uh, uh, paranormal group can come along and investigate, like Eastern State Penitentiary is another one. And then you have the investigation method that we employ for, like, private homes or businesses, which is slightly different. Oh, wow. Are you in play right now? Do you get lots of, of, of inquiries uh, at, at the moment? Well, we just uh, did an investigation at... Um, it's this place in upstate New York called Letchworth Insane uh, Asylum, it, uh, also known as Letchworth Village. But in terms of like uh, getting home calls at the moment, we've had a bit of a lull, you know, mostly due to okay, the COVID. Because, of the, because of the COVID, right? Yeah. So, Having strangers come into people's homes isn't really the best idea right now. So, you know, I had a lot of members of, of, of my tribe and, and listeners send some questions in, and I have my own questions, and, you know, it's exciting to have someone who's, in, who's a part of a, a paranormal investigation group. And for me, I'm always fascinated to, to ask why did you decide to do this? You know, of all the things there are to do, um, why did you decide, why, why was this a passion for you to, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a fireman. When I grow up, I want to be a paranormal <laughs> investigation. You know, <laughs> how, did, how did this become what, what Douglas really wanted to do? Because it really feels, you feel like a really serious um, um, practitioner that this is not a game for you. This is, this is real business and, and that, that this is something you really have a lot of, a lot of, uh, of your soul in. So why, right. why this? Well, um, I mean, I did not, you know, anticipate doing this when I was a kid. You know, my guidance counselor never, never put me into this. Particular. You weren't walking around. What's that thing they had in the Ghostbusters that with the with all the, the lights? You didn't have one of, <laughs> you're like walking around. You weren't walking around one of those. <laughs> no, no, I was not. I mean, I, I was, I was alive when the movie first came out in 1983. But you know, my father would want me to watch it. Um, no, but why do why am I a paranormal investigator? There are a couple of reasons. One, um, I've had some pretty intense, uh, very affecting experiences with the paranormal myself over the years. Um, 
without getting into all that much detail at the moment. We can delve into it deeper later if you like, but uh, let's just say that it was a very, very negative experience over a very protracted period of time. And by the time I was able to, you know, get past it, I, I learned some really important lessons about myself and, and just, uh, you know, about the nature of, this going to sound very intense, but uh, yeah, the nature of reality and, and how, what our role is in it. And I decided that if I can make my way to the other side, you know, and come out pretty much, you know, okay, maybe there are other people mm. out there who don't have that ability or, or they, you know, become lost on the way to trying to escape the negativity and maybe I could help them out with that. So that's one aspect of it. The other one is, well, you know, the more I can learn about, how do I even say this? So the paranormal is its own, um, it's, it's a universal topic. You know, everybody has, or every religion, every group of people has their own notions on the continuation of life after death, whether or not, you know, that it's nihilists or if it's Christians, Buddhists, whatever it is, everybody has their own ideas. So being able to see if I can find if there's anything to actually back up you know, apply some science to something that's traditionally mostly just faith oriented is a very enticing prospect for me. Very nice. Very nice. I, I love it. I love it. So when when people want an investigation, so what is it that, that would cause a person uh, under normal circumstances to say, Oh my God, I need somebody to come. I see all the very entertaining shows and they're all really entertaining. Um, right. I have a lot of fun watching them, um, and I have my own opinions, and I'll talk about some of that stuff because I have right. concerns about a lot of stuff that I see on TV. Um, but what what kind of people are are calling you? Is it somebody like like I've got something scary in my house, or it's just somebody that wants to know the history, or or all of the above? I get people from all walks of life wanting different things from me. So I'll have somebody who uh, contacted me over email a few months ago who claimed that they had some odd shadow appear in a mirror in their house. And oh. after looking at the video, I I didn't really see what they were talking about. So that person seemed to just want, like, verification. And there okay. are people, you know, mostly everybody who contacts me says in one form or another, you may think I'm crazy, but... And so... <laughs> They don't it. want to, they don't want to, you know, obviously most people don't want to think that they're crazy, especially if, you know, experiencing uh, some kind of a paranormal um, event can be very jarring to the senses. I mean, especially for a person who's never had anything like that happen to them before. And, yeah. you know, it's if, scary. If, it's if scary. Seeing, yeah, absolutely. If you're seeing like a shadow person out of, out of the corner of your eye or something like that, and you, you've never seen it before, all sorts of questions start blowing up in your brain. You know, am I just watching too many paranormal shows and or horror movies or or is there actually something happening? And, (laughs) you know, there there are lots of inciting incidents and, you know, the individual that experiences them is the person who will be able to, you know, everybody reacts differently is what I'm trying to say. So you have people who are trying to determine whether or not they're crazy. You have people who are trying to protect the other people in their homes, like, um, they'll feel something extremely negative and they don't know how to deal with it. And either they've like, they've done like a, like a sage 
thing, you know, where they burn sage and try yeah. to get the yeah. spirit, because everybody knows about that, or they'll call their priest, and the priest kind of does a blessing, but that doesn't fix anything, so then they call a paranormal investigator. Generally, it's people who want to feel like they're they're welcome in their own space, you know, and mostly if a person feels like there's a presence in their home, the only reason they'll contact the paranormal investigator is because they're not okay with it, right? They feel like their, yeah. their space is being yeah. invaded, or some place that, that they thought that was theirs is not, you know, and so they'll want somebody to either come right. along and help to dispel the spirit or help it move along or to just find some kind of balance with the spirit that's there, if there's one there in the first place. If there's one there in the first place, then that's really great. Um, we can talk about that, um, Douglas, because, you know, there's a difference, right? You know, somebody wakes up and they feel there's a presence in their home. Maybe somebody's recently passed away or maybe somebody's coming to give them a message or maybe they're in a house that something happened in and there's spirits in there. And then there's a haunting, which right. is a whole different thing, right? When you talk about the difference for, for the listeners, there's really the difference between like having a presence. So some people think it's kind of the same. It's the spirit in my house that's haunted. And the haunting right. is a whole different thing, right? Well, so there are a couple of ways to answer that. So the way I see it, there are, not just the way I see it, the most commonly accepted uh, theory is that there are many different types of paranormal activity, one of which, the first one is called a residual haunting, where it's not um, an intelligent haunting. It just kind of like is a a series of images or sounds or something that just replays itself over and over again. Okay. Uh, that's that's like not a moment, interactive. Like a moment in time. It's like a moment in time being replayed. Yeah, kind like of, sorta. Like like you'll okay. hear about, for example, with Gettysburg. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. how you'll you'll hear about all these soldiers that are like moving and and stuff across the field, and they're not interacting with anybody. They're just kind of going I, through the motions. Yeah. Or like yeah. you'll hear a report of a of a spirit or whatever a specter walk through a wall. You know because when that person was alive that wall didn't exist so that's just like an environmental recording that just replays itself on loop then you have an intelligent haunt which is you know the spirit of a a human being you can assume that has some limited ability to interact that'll be the form of like knocking or sometimes you'll hear whispers or something like that then you have um um excuse me you have a like shadow people which is its own separate, oh, I get a headache even thinking about how complex a shadow person, like, portion of the paranormal is. There's, there's a lot to it, and there's so much that's unknown about it. Then you have non-human, um, such as, like, spirits of the fae, like fairies and uh, elementals, things like that, which are, again, its own kind of subgenre. And then, finally, there's the, the non-human demonic. So, yeah. Very evil spirits. Um, And just before we go any further, I just want to state I am agnostic, actually leaning more towards atheistic these days. So for me, like negative entities aren't particularly either Christian or Judeo-Christian entities. They're just negative entities that kind of use other religions to, to like get in to people's psyches. I get that. And I I get that. And I'm fine with that. I think, um, you know, respecting, you know, doing what, what I do, I, 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 I connect with people that believe in everything, and I, I respect everybody's beliefs. 
Um, and my my belief system is so eclectic because it's a little dab of this. It's like a big goulash uh, because of my 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 background. But I always tell people like I call it the shadow the shadow forces. It's it's out there and it's gonna call itself whatever it thinks it can call itself to get you right. to respond yep. the way it wants you to respond. So if you're Catholic and you believe in demons, it's gonna be a demon, you know. And so it's it's about you know the, the shadow, the dark energy, and it's it's right now it's like on 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 booster power. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of shadow energy out there right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the I, Roman Catholic Church has acknowledged more um, and authorized more possessions and therefore exorcisms in the last five years than the last 30 years before that. That's an interesting stat. That's really interesting um, because they're they're no joke. They're very serious. They they don't just run out and and say, "But yeah, go ahead and do an exorcism." Oh yeah, they, they have multiple psychologists on on their uh, you know. That, that helped them out to make the determination whether or not an exorcism is warranted. You know what I mean? So right. they're pretty stringent. Oh, wow. It's very rare that the Catholic church will authorize an exorcism. So when, so when you go into a space and so I talk about how I have concerns. So the, the things I watch when, um, when I do watch um, the paranormals, and I'm like everybody else. There's things I love. I grew up on horror movies. I love the chilling nature of the stories and everything. But then I'll watch the paranormal shows, and I see um, the person um, confronting um, like a dark energy, challenging it and wanting to cause it, <laughs> like show itself. And then, then they walk yeah. away. I'm like, ooh. That's probably not good. You know, what do you <laughs> what do you do uh, to protect and to to focus? And so, how do you manage that? When you come to my house. I think I have a dark energy. You do some 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 uh, assessment, and yes, there's dark energy there. Are you now going to challenge this dark essence to some sort of wrestling match to to, to <laughs> get it? I mean, because uh, that's what people see. And what concerns me is that the, the people see this, and then they have these websites, they can buy gadgets, and now they're a paranormal investigating team, and they're out running around uh, doing yeah. stuff. Right. And, and that concerns um, me, right? Yes, that is very concerning. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a person watching a video on, you know, how to create a nuclear bomb, and right. then they go and just try to do it themselves, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no harm. <laughs> I can order it all through, through Amazon. It's fine, right? It's on sale. It's Prime Day right now. So right. <laughs> Today and tomorrow, too. Yeah, get yeah. some Sony for cheap. Just don't let the government find out, right? Just don't let them find but, out. No. But no, what do I do to protect myself? Uh, yeah. If I learn that it's actually a negative entity, that you know, like whatever, a demon or something like that, I, I do not take the case because I am not equipped to deal with that. I punt it off to somebody who I have who uh, is more uh, specialized yeah. in that. Lots of respect. There's, there's only that. so negative I'm willing to go for myself because you know I, I, I don't I don't need that stuff following me home or that's to really get involved. With it. Douglas, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I, I do the same. I tell people I'm help you. I can heal. I do this, and then they start talking about demons and, and possession. Like I I know a gal that's a shaman. She she lives she lives for exorcism. Here's her phone number. Right. Exactly. Um, I feel I'm responsible for my my family, and you know I don't need yep. you know weird creepy things following me to my house. And I got to spend the next three years now getting my life back because I took on something that 
was just not cool. The person's house is cool now, but not at my house. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that's my concern. No, exactly right. If I if I'm doing an investigation and you know. So the way it usually goes is that I talk, of course, I interview the person who I'm doing the investigation for like multiple times. It'll start off usually with an email or a phone call. Then I'll have a longer phone call then an in-person interview. And then I'll go to their place of residence or wherever they're, they're having the problem and do another interview. And then if that all checks out, then I'll do an investigation. And usually I'm, I'm very, very good at getting people to tell me everything that's going on to justify me bringing myself and my team there. You know, we do this pro bono. We don't get paid for it. So we want to make sure that the time we spend is spent well. Wow. So I'm, I'm able to, to find out whether or not they have some kind of dark spirit, whatever you want to call it, negative entity that is causing a problem. And if somehow that bit of information slips through and I do the investigation and I stumble upon something very negative, then how do I stop myself from I basically I have like a little litany that I say to myself, whatever is here when I arrive, stay here when I leave, sort of thing. Oh, beautiful. and and it's it's worked so far, you know. Hopefully, knock on wood, that's all I'll need to do. You know, and I I, I like that. And usually, somebody will have like a a team will have like some spiritualist on the team, and then the the, the tech guy with all the gadgets on the team. <laughs> the gadgets yeah. are so cool. You know, I'm watching the show. They got teddy bears that talk to, to, to ghosts. I'm like, well, where do we get all these? I want some of these gadgets. But then you get a gadget, and it's like you play with the, the, the Ouija board, and you don't know anything about a Ouija board. Now you've opened a, a portal to some crazy thing in your house. How do yeah. you guys um, help people in the community? How do you educate? Are, do you have a process to let people know, hey, if you're interested in paranormal investigation, here's some tips or here's some conversation so you can help kind of be a, 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 a process of sanity amongst your community? Well, um, imagine that a person who stumbles across an ability to perceive or interact with the paranormal is like a person who finds a, a gun. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I found this gun. Can anybody help me learn how to shoot it? And, you know, for, you know, extending the metaphor, I'll be the person like, okay, no, no, no. Bring me the gun. Let me teach you how to use it properly, and then you should never have to fire it. Or oh. if you really have to fire it, then, you know, come on my team, and, and we can, we can, we well, can fire all right, it. I'm going to force breaking down a little bit right now. But. Oh, he's like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm shooting people. Wow. No. <laughs> uh, right. No, but, wow. but if, somebody, if somebody has, like, an ability in terms of, like, being, um, like, a medium or just a sensitive usually they'll find some way to reach out to somebody. It's rarely been me so far, and I'm okay with that. But when they do reach out to me, I, you know, I sit down and I talk to them about how they came across it, you know, what what was the inciting incident for them to, you know, discover their talents or whatever it was, and what do they what do they plan to do with it? And usually it's been like with the three or four people who've reached out to me about it so far, we want to help people. I'm like, that's a fantastic game. Okay, so you should join a team. If you want to join mine, here are the rules, et cetera. If you're not cool with that, you can go online. You can find another team, you know, pretty easily. Or you can start so, your own team, right? You know, whatever. It, it's it, not it, like it's, New York City actually doesn't have a lot of paranormal investigation teams. Only about, don't? no, not really. There have been only about three or four because believe it or not, most of the people that have paranormal problems in the city usually don't talk to anybody about it. And those that do uh, kind of like have their own people that they talk to. I, I don't right. know really how that's, it goes. 
And then when it comes to like investigating places that are reputedly haunted in New York City, forget about it. It's it you might as well try to go break into Fort Knox. It's very rare that I'll get to um actually investigate a place that's you know renowned to be haunted in New York City. Wow. So now here's some here so Douglas, this is really cool. So we're on we're we're talking with Douglas McMillan, uh paranormal investigator, um, here on Spirit Talk Radio. And I I have some callers here. Um, I'd love you to give me an opportunity if they have any questions to, to, to hear what they have to say before I go through my, the rest of my questions. But I want to I wanna just uh, make it clear as, as you're holding, um, hopefully you're listening and you're hearing that Douglas is not a, a medium giving readings. He's a paranormal investigator. So if you have questions about, you know, incidents in your house or you know, anything about the paranormal, he said he's open to, um, to, to answer, but I, I have nothing on his bio that says that he does reading. So please, please bear that in mind. As I, I can as verify I, that I do not do reading. <laughs> does not do reading, so please, uh, please uh, have, respect the, um, uh, the content of what we're doing on the program this evening. So you are on the air. Who are we speaking to? You're on the air this evening with Angel and Douglas. Hey, thank you, Angel. Oh, for hey. My call. It's, I'm happy to take your call. Welcome, welcome from Canada. Bye. <laughs> so, do you have any questions or some discussion here that you'd like to uh, engage with with Douglas um, on the top of this terminal investigation? Yeah, I think I'll see if I can steal some questions from you. Uh, hey, Douglas, this, this is a really interesting show. Uh, thanks for, for talking to you. Uh, my How question is that uh, hey, you're uh, pretty good over yourself. Introduce, introduce Great, yourself. I, I, I took for granted because I talked to you so much. Please introduce yourself to Douglas. My question is is that a couple questions is that uh, do you have any uh, recollection of what is your most profound uh, paranormal investigation that you had? Uh, uh, you thought it was really, really interesting, really, really neat to you. And my second question is that. Um, have you been? Do you always go to places where um, there have been paranormal um, activities, such as, like you said, uh, historic places, for example, uh, where just to reconfirm that there were paranormal activities there? So the first question was, in, like, what was the most interesting investigation I've done? I would yes. say one that one that left the biggest mark on me actually had a. But let me just tell you the story really quickly. I had um, somebody call me and tell me that their son was experiencing a negative entity in their bedroom. Now, I was in the Air Force and I have an, an electrical engineering background. And one of the first things I do when I when I do an investigation is I do what's called EMF readings. And that's looking for you know electromagnetic field readings. And um, it turned out that the... the it was a little boy and he was having a really hard time sleeping. He felt a really negative entity or presence underneath his bed. And, and it got to a point where they had to reach out to me. And I came and I did my, my readings. And it turned out that the source of, of his entire problem was that there was an electrical wiring bundle underneath the kid's bed that had completely been stripped of its insulation. So it's throwing off super high EMFs right under this kid's bed. And the, the effect that that can have on a person is it can make you feel very paranoid, like there's something watching you, this and that. Yeah. And, you know, they called an electrician, they fixed the wiring bundle, and boom, the kid can sleep. And that was actually one of the best investigations I've ever been on. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. you, fixed, you fixed it. <laughs> I, I did. You know, sometimes. Electrician. 
Yeah, electrician. Believe, believe, uh, excuse me. Believe it or not, things like that, you know, pipes in the wall and electrical wires, they're responsible for the vast majority of paranormal experiences people think that they're having. And as far as whether or not I was, tell me if I'm correct in understanding your question to be, uh, was able to corroborate paranormal activity in a known haunted location? Uh, yes, in regards to like kind of like reconfirming it, like you know, a historic place or something like that. You've been you know around the United States, so they've been to places. Uh, well, like I said, we did an investigation at this place called the Hinsdale House in upstate New York, which is reputedly, I mean, completely like saturated with negative energy. I went there overnight with two of my other investigators and absolutely nothing happened to us. It's actually one of the biggest disappointments of my paranormal career. So, But as far as other places that are reputedly haunted, I mean, limited corroborative evidence was found. Not really like anything that was like, you know, jumped out and screamed, hey, we're definitely haunted. I mean, it. that's the thing about the paranormal. It can either be jumping with activity or completely silent. So we just happened to be... Uh, in a place where it was completely silent. We actually went to um, Penhurst Asylum back in August, and we had some mm-hmm. really interesting um, things happen. There are these little uh, cat toys. They're shaped like balls that have flashing lights in them that are motion activated. And my mm-hmm. tech guy, one of my investigators named Charlie, you know, brought three of them with us. And on several different occasions, they responded to, well, I mean, we didn't see anybody moving them, but they definitely responded to our questions and, so oh, wow. to to a limited degree, we got confirmation that there is something going on at the Penhurst Asylum in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh my God, that's my oh. favorite part. That's my favorite part of of, of engaging. I've been on one investigation um, where I was asked to participate as uh, the medium, um, and it was actually at the Winchester Mystery House. I'm out here in in, in Northern California, and I, I grew up out here, so I've been there so many times um, and, I, right. and I've had lots of experiences when I, I always have an experience where I go to Winchester Mystery House and um, it's usually um, the, the feelings, the whispering, the, the, the hairs in the back of my neck, the, the, the cold, all that, I get all of that and this time the person had the little gadgets. I was so fascinated by the, the, the reaction. The thing had the lights, the eyes lit up and something else happened. They would ask questions and Sometimes nothing, and sometimes there was this response, and they they were teasing me because I was the one that was hearing cold fingers on my shoulders and hearing voices, all this stuff, and they're like, "Oh wow, that's amazing!" And this little thing's going beep beep. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, so cool can... that it, it responds to to I guess the energy that the that's coming from the. From the um, from the spirits, the ghosts, the the individuals. Right. I, I don't really know how that works. Right. I'm just fascinated by it. You and me both. <laughs> Thanks. Can I ask another uh, question, uh, Angel? Please do. You're you're welcome to ask. Thank you. My question in regards to the conversation, Douglas, is that what tools do you usually use for doing this? Or do they depend on the places that you go to? Because you see, you use the EMF meter, but it was actually something with the wiring, but what else are the, what are the tools that you use? Well, uh, yeah, EMF detector is a pretty standard. Um, a digital audio recorder to try to pick up electronic voice phenomenon is another pretty standard piece of equipment. Um, 
I recently incorporated a, an infrared camera that I attached to my phone to try and, you know, um, visualize hot or cold spots is a new one. Um, and just like uh, infrared cameras is another one, like low light cameras. Uh, one of my investigators employs a, a laser scattering field that oh, is supposed gosh. to be able to, to detect so it puts a bunch of pinpricks of light on, you know, whatever surface you aim it at. And if you have a camera running to watch that same surface, it should be able to pick up. Like it's kind of based on the whole, like, Xbox Connect phenomenon that people sometimes talk yeah. about. Uh, so that's a pretty cool technique. And uh, finally, we sometimes, because I don't put a lot of stock in it, we use a spirit box. And what a spirit box is, it's um, basically it's a device that rapidly cycles through radio stations in an attempt to give the uh, spirits a medium, so to speak, uh, to use to cobble together words to make responses to whatever questions you're asking. So it's, so whereas you have the, um, the, the EVP recorder where you ask a question and you wait a couple of moments for whatever to possibly respond, then you go back later and you, you listen you know, to hear if, if you picked anything up, the spirit box is supposed to be you know, real time. But I find that I find that more often than not, I pick up fragments from different radio, either like, you know, songs or, or talk radio or something like that. And if you listen to that, it, you can hobble together words of your own to kind of fit whatever you're you're asking. Therefore, I don't really trust spirit boxes all that much. <laughs> Interesting. Well, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. I, I have a question for you with, with all of that. Um, spirit boxes and... Um, Laser matrix matrices, and this is an expensive endeavor um, to mm-hmm. be like a, a a real competitive paranormal group. And you say that you do this out of the passion. Like, how do you fund? Do you do you have a nonprofit? Do you guys do fundraisers? Or do you just sell all your stuff on eBay? I mean, how do you? How do you <laughs> No, you, we basically it's just very expensive to to do um, if you want to stay on top of, of of the latest technologies and the techniques that are right. out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact is, I don't. I mean, unless it's an independently, you know, financed uh, paranormal group, I don't think anybody's going to be completely on top of all the newest tech, you know, at any given time. And there's a okay. there's a a lag time between when new tech comes out to when it's proven to be effective to becoming affordable enough for most teams to be able to afford it. As far as my team in particular, uh, we're fortunate enough to have a couple of members who make a decent amount of money and they just, you know, dip into their, their free uh, out of pocket cash to pick up whatever it is that we use. You guys, you've got, you've got a, you've got a, a, a money bank there of, of support from within the group. (laughs) Not quite. I mean, I think the total value of of our particular kit is like less than a thousand dollars, and that's been over the last four years. So I I don't see it as much of a financial burden. The thing that oh. I think is more of a burden for my investigative team is is time. You know, taking the yeah. time to to go to a place and spend you know three or four, sometimes more hours investigating until sometimes the wee hours of the night. I think that's much more of a of an investment than the actual money. So do you get people that contact you and talk to you um, and expect, you know, you know, bells and lights and explosions because they see all this stuff on, <laughs> on moving 
and then you show up and you're like, oh yeah, it's kind of cold over here. This is interesting, right? Because that's because <laughs> that's well, yeah. what it looks I like. Mean, it's, it's not like it's not like a it's not as dramatic as people think it's going to be. Right. Right. Well, that's that's one of the things that I I talk to them about when I'm doing my multi-step interview process. One of the first things I tell them is, you know, this is not the travel channel. Things happen a little differently and it's actually pretty rare that anything crops up on the first investigation. Usually what people don't realize is that you have to build a little bit of a relationship with the location and whatever spirits might be inhabiting it in order for them to feel comfortable enough with you to talk to you. Cause if it is a, like um, an intelligent haunt, say it's the spirit of a, of a, you know, of a human being. And if they retain any semblance of personality of that human being, how likely are you to talk to a stranger, you know? So it's a, yeah. it's a matter of building up some form of a relationship with the with the location and the spirits that inhabit it. That's, that's it sounds sounds to me like um, there's a lot of um, feelings, a lot of uh, expectations that are set by what people see in the glamour. Which mm-hmm. I guess you could say that about any job, you know. Right. It, it, when you look at it, you put some some guy on TV that looks like a Ken doll, and you give him mm-hmm. some really fancy tools. And, and listen this, to him shout for no reason. Yeah, yeah. and he's just, yeah. like, doing the thing, or they spend the night. What's the one that gets me is um, the one where they all go to these asylums or something, and they, they, they lock down overnight and just do crazy things yeah. in this place with a dark history. Right. <laughs> it's just... It's just so bizarre and then you know when you sit down with the real professionals this is a job where that you're taking very seriously and you want to help someone understand is there's something really happening in their house or are they just as you said having something going on with the electrical panel right <coughs> well, to, to, to finish answering your question basically I, I temper their expectations from the outset I let them know that this is not you know a tv show that it's going to take some time for uh, results to be produced. I usually give them like three investigations for them to evaluate whether or not there's any evidence being produced. And if not, then obviously we'll discontinue the investigation until or unless they come up or they feel like they're, uh, you know, something else happens that makes them want to restart it sort of thing. Cool. Okay. Has it some fun? So what is the, um, the scariest? It's one of my, one of my followers. Have you ever had like a scary story or an experience where you're like, oh my God, I I don't want to come back to this place? To a location? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, several times. Um, there's this alleyway behind a, a, well, it's no longer there. It's been demolished. But there used to be a store in the Riverdale section of the Bronx, which I would hang out with one of my friends. And, you know, in the dark hours of the night, sometime after like two in the morning or so, we're walking by this alleyway that leads back into kind of like um turns into a courtyard that for some reason just there are a bunch of trees and bushes and shrubs it's maybe 20 feet wide that has not doesn't look like it had been touched at all you know uh and i remember we just ducked back in there on a on a whim and we just we felt like we got chased out of it like something was very upset that we had invaded space at that time of night. I don't know what, but we, we felt like something literally ran us out of that alleyway. Ooh. Ooh. 
And to this day, I want to go back and see if I can replicate that feeling. But again, there's now this giant construction site there, and I can't even access it anymore. Oh, my God. You want to go back and replicate that feeling? That's so crazy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I want to make sure that it wasn't just me being wrapped up in the moment. I want to see if there's anything that I can verify. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! So, so yeah, I always, I'm, I, if you say so, let me know how that goes, right? <laughs> if I ever get access to it again, maybe I'll invite you along. <laughs> oh my God! Thanks for thinking of me, my friend. Northern California. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Share the love, right? Share the love. I'm here to One for the whole family. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh God, you made me laugh so hard. My, my side hurts. That's great. Another person oh. asked me, do you have a Halloween story? Do you have a, like a haunting or anything yes. around Halloween? Yes, they do. It's very strange that, that you ask that. Um, gosh, this is way back. This is 97 or so. I was, I was at a friend's house. And um, okay, so at that time, I had only been away from the Catholic because I was raised Roman Catholic until I was 18. And then my father said I, I could either keep going to church or sleep in on Sundays. And I chose the second option. Uh, you don't give somebody a choice. <laughs> uh, no, he kind of had to. Once you turn 18, you know, you don't, oh, wow. my father's responsibilities were, were ended at that point. Anyway, uh, but I'd only been out of the Catholic church for a couple of years at that point. Um, and uh, I remember, <laughs> So I, I was, you know, agnostic. I had no religious, I still had no religious affiliation. And I remember hanging out with some people who I had learned were Satanists. Now, before you say anything, apparently there are two different kinds of Satanists. There are Satanists who are the scary kind, the ones that actually worship the devil, whatever, and, and do bad things. And I think that that's horrible. And ugh, I would never knowingly associate with a person like that. And then there are kinds of Satanists who kind of view themselves as their own sort of deity, the sort of like worship themselves, which is more like a narcissistic nihilist to me. And I was able to, to interface with those people a little bit better. And um, one of them decided to initiate one of, you know, a friend of theirs into their group or whatever. And, um, you know, I wasn't there for it because I'm not part of that group. So I decided, you know, I, I was waiting outside the apartment waiting for them to uh, to finish their whatever they were doing. And this is on Halloween night. And I remember while it was happening, I heard these incredibly loud, like thunderous, I don't even know what, like almost like explosion sounds coming from all around me while this ritual was taking place. Wow. And nobody else responded to it. So it like it's directed at you. I, um, maybe, maybe not. Like, I don't, I couldn't even say. It was just one of the weirdest things that had ever happened to me at that point. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the hairs, the hairs on the back of the neck. It's just, that's <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> yeah. A new Satanist is being inducted and I'm hearing these weird exploding I know. Like, oh, my. Nobody else is responding to. It was strange. So it's, just, it's it's interesting in today in today's world to 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 talk openly about you know your process and how you feel about stuff. Do you do you find that an issue for people? You know, you 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 don't specifically have any attachment to the to the to the Christian uh, lore, so to speak. So I need you to come in my house and investigate. And you say that um, is that an issue for people? Do you think, or do you think it enhances your 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 connection to people i haven't had anybody who was put off by it if anything they'll just go huh 
and then, huh. you know, carry on. You know, I'll tell them, I always volunteer that I used to be, uh, you know, Roman Catholic, but just my, my notion of how all that stuff works has evolved over time. And, you know, I don't go in there. I'm not, I'm not a, an exorcist. I'm not a priest. I'm, I'm not a medium. None of that. I'm just a person who's going to gather and aggregate data. And the data that I, that I find is what informs my, my, you know, whether or not it's haunted and if it is what we can do about it, if they want anything done. If they want anything done. That's what, that was my next question is a lot of times I, I, I feel like as I'm listening to people going through the process uh, and they get the little report out, they're like, okay, that's cool. Thanks. So, so that sometimes people just want to know. They don't necessarily want any kind of solution. They just want to know, right? Like, is it haunted? Um, right. and, and then they're happy because they know that it's haunted. And I'm yeah, always left now you but you live at a house that's haunted, ew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it if it's haunted with it oh so so really quick, there is a, a guy that I met at a party a few years ago who comes to me once he learns that I was a paranormal investigator or am a paranormal investigator. He says, So I need you to come by my house. I'm like, Okay, why? I have this weird thing going on at my house. And, you know, of course I'm interested. Okay, what is it? He said, it feels so positive there. And I say, <laughs> and you want me to come, what, stop that? That is awesome. <laughs> like, why, too, why? it turns out that the place that he lived used to be a monastery in Brooklyn. Like, back in, oh, like, the, awesome. the 1800s, it was, it was a, a Christian monastery. And I... That's the, that, that was a new one on me, and to this day, I've never heard anybody making that quote-unquote complaint that my place feels is, too good, too positive. I'm like, okay, you should charge admission. I know. <laughs> you, should, you should create yourself a thing and come to my house and sit in it for 15 minutes, and your day yep. will be, your energy will be lifted. People would pay money for that. You should give them Pretty much. Advice. And then you I, get a I cut. did. <laughs> Believe me, I tried to negotiate for it, but he's like, quite the stern negotiator. How do you how do you how do you measure that? I mean, were you able to make any kind of um, any kind of measurement or any kind of assessment of of that in his house, other than researching it and finding out just from the records that this used to be a monastery? Did, did you detect anything? when you went there to, to, to check that out. That's really well, I, I, didn't, I didn't go and check it out because I actually wound up convincing him that maybe I would go there and, and accidentally dispel whatever it was that was okay. making it feel that's, so good. But possible. but he had done his own investigating about the place. He did his own research as to you know the history of the location that his house was occupying. And he learned, he was the one who learned that it was a, a former monastery. That's beautiful. I, I love it. So he's got the, the those monks that chant like in the background of his home all the time. There are worse spirits to have in your home. I can tell you that much. Well, they're loud, right? Probably. <laughs> they, don't stop, they don't stop chanting. They're chanting all the time. That's really that's really great. So um, I, I have um, a, a a personal. Um, fascination with 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 this that's around the um the courage to sit in a in a space when stuff is happening and it feels like it would be chilling and spine tingling and creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is what sits for me because i you know i'm i've been doing this for a long time and i have you know i, I have a very clear and and um trusting relationship with spirit um, but if I'm sitting in a room and things start knocking and messages are coming, I'm like, okay, I'm done. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, call me guys tomorrow. Let me know what happened. And right. it occurs to me that there takes a curiosity beyond curiosity, and courage to sit. And I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about your experiences or how you feel about that, or maybe you haven't had that yet. I'm assuming you have, and how how you can do that because that that that's means like a, a high level of, of courage. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, I've had I've had things like that happen where. I'm I'm in a space and we're doing an investigation and things are happening. Um, so I, I'll give you two examples. One that wound up not being anything paranormal and another one that was. I was at a, a resident in Astoria, Queens, and one of the reports was that there is this little miniature hockey stick that was hung up on a wall. And at random times, it would just, like, get knocked off the wall. And so I go to the house, you know, after doing all the interviews and doing like a kind of impromptu EVP session down in the basement with all the lights off. And um, I'm joined by actually most of the family. So the, the person who, who made the claim and then like their mother and one of their best friends and their brother and just another one of the family friends. So I'm surrounded by people who are not trained in the paranormal and we're doing yeah. like a like an like I said, an impromptu um, EVP session, and all of a sudden, the hockey stick just falls off the wall. And when it happened, every woman in the room screamed at the top of their lungs, and even the guys were like, oh my god, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm just standing there like, what the hell are you people doing? It's a hockey stick. It's not like a freaking meat cleaver fell off the wall or something, you know? And it turned out that that it was just, you know, poor tape. The tape had lost it is its adhesiveness and the thing was just falling off. Oh my you know? god. But but the psychology of the moment or or not the psychology, but you know, just people's uh mental states when they were in that moment, they were hyper reactive to everything that was going on. But I was able to keep my cool because I, I was I was, you know, disassociated from the fear of it being something knocking something off of a wall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And keeping yeah. being being dispassionate I think is a really important tool when it comes to doing, being a, a paranormal investigator because you can acknowledge possibilities, but you got to apply logic and, and go with what seems to be the most likely in the moment. Then there is another time at a different residence in Long Island, uh, a friend of mine asked me to come and investigate her parents' house and we're sitting there and we're doing another EP session and we have um, the EMF detector. Again, just as a reminder, that's the electromagnetic field detector set up with the camera running on it. And we were conversing with some kind of something that was approaching and retreating and approaching and retreating from the EMF detector because it was causing the the readings to go up and down. And then we heard what sounded like somebody plucking one of the guitar strings that was hanging on the wall in their living room upstairs. And you know what I felt in that moment? Sweet. (laughs) I was, I was thrilled. I was excited. I was, I was, it didn't feel negative or threatening, but something was trying to make itself known. And, you know, given the fact that it didn't feel negative or threatening, I could treat it as just more of like an exciting curiosity than something to be feared or, or anything like that. Because if, no, there, if, there, if there is a negative entity there and you show your fear, then they feed on that and it gets exponential. That's what I was going to say. They feed on it. And so, um, you know, I specifically am a believer that, you know, you will bring to you what you call. 
And so right. it's like your friend is like, I need you to come investigate it. I have like the brightest, most joyous space in my, in, 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 so that's just, that's amazing to me where everybody else is like, oh my God, there's blood, you know, pouring down the wall. You will pull to you, to you, they'll pull to you. I know I'm, I'm so crazy. I'm so sorry. Um, All right. <laughs> um, you will pull to you, you what, what you, um, what you, you know, you reap what you sow, you, you, you manifest your own destiny. And if you, want to be possessed, you will be possessed. <laughs> if that's, they're like walking around looking, oh, there's one. They want, okay, here I come. If that's what, if you call out and you say, oh, my God, I must be possessed, and that, you make your life about that, you're going to wake up one day with, with some weird things happening in your house if you so choose. So that's there's a degree. I, I, I see where you're coming from, and there's a degree of truth to that, but I think that there's only so far that most people will – allow something like that to go before they realize that they're being, you know, not very smart about it. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Because, because, you know, that's the only thing that that gets me. I I get concerned every day. I had a a conversation um, last year with a young man that wanted to start a a paranormal group. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm I'm not one to talk to. I I have some records, some, some, resources for you all to need some names but um what he chose to do was to just go to you know some website www.paranormalgadgets.com and he bought some gadgets and he sat down with his dad and they bought a spirit box and some other stuff and they just started doing stuff they just started exploring and then like two months later weird stuff started happening around their house well, I can yeah. I can tell you one thing that they should not have done, and that anybody who's interested in the paranormal should not do, is ever conduct an investigation in your own home. Never. You get I somebody. Agree. You get somebody else who's trained to do it, to come into your place and and do it for you, because otherwise the spirits will think, or whatever is there, will think that you're opening a line of communication with them. Exactly. And once that line is open, then that's when some really <laughs> bad things can happen. Oh yeah, it's just the door is open, man. I mean, and, I've got I've got some weird things going on in my apartment here. Like a few nights ago, I, I heard somebody call my name, a woman's voice, who was not my fiance, and I I don't know what stuff, that right? was. That's creepy uh, yeah. stuff, man. <laughs> but I'm I'm not going to do an investigation here because this is my place, and and I can't I don't want to make things worse by opening up a line of communication to who or whatever is here. So, where do you see, you know? Your, yourself and your team, um, how how would you love to see this go for you in terms of the types of things that you do and how how active and visible you are with, with your work um, now that the world is gonna, trying to come back to normal and, and things start to flow again forward? Uh, I would like it to, you know, just keep doing what we're doing, but in an expanded capacity to have people recognize that it's okay to acknowledge that this stuff is happening and the smartest thing you can do, actually, is to not ignore it, is to seek help. You know, if something's yeah. going on, I'm not even saying me in particular, but, you know, find somebody who is trained to help you with whatever it is you have going on, be it paranormal or something else. You know, if you have a leaky pipe, you probably don't want to ignore it or else your pipe's going to explode. Call a plumber. Right. Right? Love so it. if you've got something like a presence that feels like it's getting worse and worse or more intense or whatever it is, contact somebody who can help you out with it. 
it, it just makes sense, right? You don't want to keep yourself in a, a weird, bad, uncomfortable situation because if you're right. anything like me, the last thing you want to feel is a, 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 like a stranger in your own home. So reach out to somebody who's trained to, to help you deal with it. And that's really good. I like what you said, and the, it brought to mind to me, it, is it really kind of the battle for space? A lot of times when you've got this presence or a haunting, like I've moved into a house and this presence, like it's their house, and now it's like, we either have to learn to live together or one of us has to go. Is that kind of what a lot of the... That the, tends um, to be it. Yeah, that tends to be the, the final um, call that a person will ask, will, will seek advice on how to make. So most people, you know, if you're living in your home, you want to feel comfortable and, and relaxed and able to just be yourself there. And if there's someone or something, paranormal or not, that's making you feel like you can't do that, then you don't want to be there. What's the yeah. point in paying rent or mortgage in a place that you don't want to be? Oh right? my God, tell me about it. Especially the mortgages <laughs> today. It's expensive. <laughs> Holy heck, I'm in yes. Northern California. You're in New York, right? So it's about the same. Um, at well, least I've got an apartment, so oh, man. probably not paying as much as you are. Oh God, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I think this time of year, people are so fascinated with. Um, with hauntings and, and, and with this, this subject matter and people forget, people forget, or they take for granted that this is actually, this goes on all year round for, for groups like yours, right? This isn't yeah. like, Oh, you know, October, September, October, life is good. And then the rest of the year, we just kind of sit and wait for the occasional thing. You're, this is what you do all year round. Um, right. you, have a day, you have a day job and this is something you do in, in, in conjunction with that day job. Well, uh, me in particular, I am a 100% disabled veteran. Oh, thank you for your service. God, God bless. God bless. Thank, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> I know that's. There, I, I was in the I was in the Marine Corps for eight years, and I I find myself oh. that it's like it's like that. People say say thank you, and then you say well, well thank you, and then you're kind of in this weird awkward moment where you don't know right <laughs> what to say next. It's like okay, cool. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks. In fact, but, you, you know, live in in Northern California, right? I was um, stationed at Travis Air Force Base. Oh, Travis Air Force Base. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Well, oh, well, come back, man. We, <laughs> you here. we have lots of really cool, we have lighthouses out here on the on the West Coast. That That's the hot thing now for investigations, is these haunted lighthouses. Um, and I'm really fascinated with the the stories that are attached to, to these hauntings. And if there's a website that I found haunted lighthouses or something. And there are all, there's like nine or 10 of them that go all the way down the West coast. That that's, that's the thing. And they're like, they're people are, go to them and spend lots of money. They're an experience, a holiday experience for people. I'm like, okay, that's really right. interesting. So we have to that's, bring you out here so you can, so you can investigate the haunted uh, lighthouses. I wouldn't mind that. Actually, the, the biggest thing on my West coast investigation list is, I think you probably, won't be surprised to hear that it is the Queen Mary. Oh my God! I would oh love goodness. to check out the Queen Mary. I've heard some really, really intense stories oh, there. Yeah. Oh man, I I'm gonna have to tell you, um, this has been the fastest 60 minutes I've ever gone through with anybody. <laughs> um, I just this lady just said, "You've got so many seconds left." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" We're going to have to bring you back. This was a lot of fun. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed having you. Yeah, I had a really good time. And, you know, um, maybe 
bring you back sometime and, and talk uh, talk about a specific um, some specific questions. Uh, maybe I'll send you an email, um, and we yeah. can go from there. But um, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to talk to you, if they wanted your help, or they just wanted to connect? Uh, well, my email is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me, and that is dmparanormal1, as in the number one, at gmail.com. Also, a good way to read uh, about the stuff that's happened to me in my life has been dmparanormal.com, and you click over to the blog section. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, I don't want to stop talking, but I have to because it's time to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope you have a fantastic rest of the evening. Thank you for being a guest, and I'm looking forward to continuing our, our discussion someday. Yeah, thank you for having me. Alrighty then. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a wonderful evening and I will see everyone on the other side. Ciao, ciao. Thank you, Doug. Thank you so much. Thank you.